Hi, this is Scott Galloway, NYU professor, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and the host of the PropG Markets podcast. For nearly two years, PropG Markets has brought listeners unfiltered analysis on high-flying stocks, burgeoning sectors, stupid acquisitions, and master of the universe CEOs. Starting May 20th, PropG Markets is launching a new feed with two episodes per week. What a thrill! The good news? I know how to get your rich. The answer... It's on Prop G Markets. Don't miss out. Listen and subscribe to Prop G Markets wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. Eurobash 52 and I'm barely alive but I'm here just back from Abu Dhabi barely awake but very happy to see my beautiful friend Noel McGrath how are you baby Abu Dhabi do uh, <laughs> I'm good man I'm good I'm not as tired as you but I actually am pretty tired myself it was a it was a slog of a weekend of fights but an incredible weekend of mixed martial arts from Europe uh, all the way across the United States to Abu Dhabi it was yeah. it was great but I know I feel your pain I see you you look like shit but I did miss you, and I was very jealous that you were over there during Fight Week. Great job, by the way. I have to say your Thanks coverage much, was man. absolutely fantabulous. Uh, well, brilliant stuff. Best guy in the ground there, definitely. But you know, a lot, a lot of that is because of Casey and Esther. As I can't say enough good things about them. That's the first time I've ever worked with them before. These are legitimate OGs, legitimate greats, and um, to be working with them was unbelievable experience for me. Probably one of the great experiences I've ever had in my career. Um, Second to only. Being on the ground with Niall McGrath five weeks. Of course. Look, I'm so tired. I didn't want to even do anything today. But <laughs> what what type of man would I be if I didn't come on to our loyal bashers? The the number ones. My 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 ride or die. Yeah. I needed to do it. Yeah, and, um, it had to be done. Look, over there it was incredible, Noel. And um, we don't really. We're not going to do this usual struggle with the breaking news. Yeah, I cool. was too busy and stuff. But uh, over there, I, I don't like. I was saying to you earlier, just when I came in, I don't over translate it or whatever over here. But that reception was genuinely spellbinding he got over there. And I think Habib's performance was out of this world. Like, I mean, the difference I saw, he was forcing Poirier to fight in every single situation. I felt like against McGregor, McGregor did a great job of not having to fight, not making himself tired by fighting. But Habib didn't give Dustin the option. He was wrangling his neck. He was he was all over him. Like, it was like he didn't give him a second. Like, he was... Poirier was forced to defend yeah. submissions, forced to defend uh, takedowns. It was just a really exhausting fight. Oh, My I think, God. I think yeah, I think we're a little bit different, though, here on our opinions of this. And, you know, I, I do agree with you. It was a phenomenal, you know, start from Habib, and he was all over him. But did Dustin maybe not show up a little bit? That's maybe the way I felt that he, he you know, did he fall under the spotlights a bit and, and not do what maybe he wanted to do? That seemed to be what he was saying as well, maybe to some regard in the post I, I think, press conference. I think you're fighting, Habib. You're going to get taken down in the first two rounds. And it's just, I think the fact that 
on the ground, Habib was able to transition to brilliant positions very well because Dustin was scrambling instead of McGregor just kind of sat there and said, "Listen, right, I'm going to be down here. Mm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to make the situation worse for myself." Whereas Dustin was trying to get back up and then he was giving up his back, and that's when the choking attempts were coming. You know, it, I could see what he was trying to do, but hindsight is twenty twenty, as yeah. he said himself in the post fight press conference. I think Poirier is a class act, one of the one of the best, I agree, yeah, one of the best fighters in that division. Like I'd be interested to see Poirier and McGregor now, and um, I. Like, you know, I wouldn't, I would be probably favorite Poirier in that matchup right now, to be honest. But, um, absolutely unbelievable. Habib is a bona fide superstar. To see the people move to him the way the Irish people did in 2014 with McGregor, like, people were getting emotional when he was just walking out. Like, I mean, it felt like he's really amplified MMA in that part of the world. And I guess that was the intention for this whole event. But boy, God, man, I brought 16 t shirts with me over there, and every one of them (laughs) smells like absolute death. The, my, oh, I, I was putting my socks in like bags so they wouldn't stink up my room. It oh, was Jesus. it was revolting, man. Like, I mean, everybody was like discussing how are you keeping the smell out of your room. Oh, stop. It was the, it was. They to call in the what, what's it called the the fucking uh, rent a kill for the for the rodent. Oh, I just got in. I got in this morning and I just said, here, where's the washing machine? Poured everything oh, into it, man. It was absolutely disgusting. That was like me when I was in Vegas for Maymac. It was like hitting. It was the same temperatures, like hitting forty. It's disgusting, man. I it's, just, it's just drier. That's what Shaheen was saying. Shaheen Al Shadi, who I spent a lot of time over there, it was great to be over there with him. Uh, he he's from Arizona, so that's a very hot yeah, part. Yeah. But he's like, it's dry heat there. This is disgusting, sweaty, moist, wet heat, and it was fucking unlivable, man. It really was. Um, Paul Felder in the co-main event. Yeah, man. He yeah. Was, he yeah. looked incredible. What did you think of that? Now there was there was a lot of talk after the fight, and I, I just want to say, say one thing before I want to get your take off it. I did have the first um, for Edson Barbosa by um, you know I think it was a, a clear ten nine round for me to Edson. The second, right in my terms of, of watching the fight, when I was watching the fight here, I had the a ten nine for Edson in the second, and the only reason why I had that ten nine was me not actually giving my scorecard. It was the way I perceived the judges be scoring because Paul was landing so many elbows off his back. We know that judges often don't pick up on yeah, what a guy's doing but, but, from off his back. And Paul was sensational off his back but, in that round. But you gotta you gotta look at the the judges and officials that was there. It was it was this is a fantastic thing for European MMA. Mark Goddard, it was Dave Letterby, yeah. Ben Cartledge and Mark Collette. Like I mean the guys who came from our scene are now the main guys in the yeah, UFC. No, and, and, and honestly, I was looking at Mark Goddard in there, and just before that main event started, I was like, he's probably the best referee in the world at the moment. Yeah, like, I is, mean, everybody's so me inconsistent, is, yeah. and he is just there. And I was like, holy shit, our guys, our officials are, are the best in the world. Like, they are some of the best in the world. These Cage Warriors officials basically starting there. And um, that's why I think... You know, you'd be looking at it going, maybe the judges won't notice this. They did notice that. Of course they did. Like, that that's what they look out for. And that's, no, that, that, that's why I was very happy in the end that the round was scored for him. Yeah. But I didn't think it, it was, was going to go close. that way. It was very close. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, feel like, I feel like immediately when it was read out, I could understand where Barbosa was yeah. coming from. But then more I think about it, I was like, oh, every round was yeah, pretty it was. close. Like It was. And Great I, fight. I, Jesus Christ. The pace they put on for three oh, rounds was it, <laughs> it was insane. And, and the guy tweeted after as well, like, the thing, you know, we keep talking about it. Man, that's a five-round fight if you ever want to see a five-rounder. Yeah. It would have been fabulous to see that five rounds. And I think maybe the longer it was getting, Edson was slowing down. Paul really came into what I felt in the third round, landed some really good shots, rocked him twice. He sort of, you know, the exchanges were wild. They were they mental, were, man. 
Like, I mean, I, I can't, I commend both of the guys. Like, I mean, I don't understand why, you know, Guilherme um, put out an article yesterday and Edson's appealing that decision, but I can understand why he feels that way. It was that close. Every round was so close. Like, it was, know? yeah. And it was, it was obviously, you know, when he walked off and I think, you know, Paul was, was, was good enough to say in the mic, you know, yeah. clap him out and stuff what like a, that. What about that post fight? Like he was, uh, oh, that's an emotional guy. That Paul's, was incredible. Like people don't understand with Paul, and and you know it is. It's a, it's literally a three month weight cut for Paul. He has to starve himself to make one hundred and fifty five pounds. Like, I, I, I it's was, crazy, dude. I was speaking to Paul just after the weigh in because at the open workouts he didn't drop a beat of sweat, and I got worried. Yeah, I was he, like, he oh, yeah. Paul but he actually sweat? he actually explained it to me. Then he goes, "I was already that low." Yeah, because that's that's why. Like and. He was talking about you, of course. He was uh, he was saying he needs to get over to us for a while. Yeah, I know he's going to come over for a, f- a few drinks. But um, we're gonna I'm going to set him up an itinerary of where to go in Ireland because I think he's going to do a Connemara is yeah, yeah. an area I wanna, I've always get been him. saying the lads to go. And we should get him into. I, I said he, he really liked the idea of going to a Gwailgore region where nobody yeah. can speak. Uh, yeah, yeah that'd great. be really cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, look, Islam Makashev was impressive. Another reception was fucking crazy. He got some reception, he, man. Ever since Wednesday, he was like walking out, and even it surprised him. On Wednesday, yeah. he walked out to the open workouts, and he was kind of angry. I feel like it, probably the weight cut was annoying him, and someone, uh, <laughs> someone just shouted at him like, uh, like Inshallah or whatever. And he, you could just see his whole face brightening up, and he's like, "Holy shit, this is this is gonna be big yeah, for me," yeah. you know. And look, he 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 was brilliant against Davy Ramos. Davy Ramos, an established grappler, tough dude, Davy Ramos yeah. as well. Give him props for, for hanging in there. He and look, that's a question. That's a question we wanted to see answered. Can he do it against these guys? And I, I he still absolutely think we, can. I, th- I still think we need oh, yeah. to see more. I think I, I think we need to see more from him. I really. Oh do yeah, still. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But um, yeah. I mean, what about Merbeck Tysimov? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that heat in there really affected some guys, and he was one of them. Yeah, I, I just look like, at Don Madge right at the start and broken knuckle as well. It, yeah. and it was a very different performance from Don. I think he he fought with his his limitations, and obviously he wasn't very happy with the performance. The heat was obviously you were yeah, there. Yeah. It was a massive factor. It's incredible. Like I mean, and uh, the first women's fight, Sarah Morris and Liana Jojoa. I was very hot in Jojoa, but one thing Esther said to me, Esther Lynn's obviously cage side for the whole event, and. Probably have seen more fights than anyone in the game yeah. at this stage, Kate. So it, she kind of said to me, like, Diana's probably a very good fighter, but when I looked at Morass and Jojoa beside each other, she said, Jojoa could be a strawweight. Like, she she could literally compete at strawweight. You know? Sarah Morass is, is a gritty, yeah, gritty yeah. fighter as well. She's, She's tough, hilarious man. as well. She's tough. <laughs> She's hilarious, man. She was so funny all week. She had too much cheesecakes. What about Lerone Murphy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, draw. What, it comes out, no, but he comes out. Tells a story. I think he was a bit reluctant to tell Nick Pete. He was the, Nick Pete and Fight the Soybles were the first to get it. I think it was on BT Sport about him being shot in the face, and then he had to, of course, tell the story yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, but to go in there and get a draw against Tokogov, who who this event was really prime for as well, is absolutely unbelievable. I'm really, really glad that he came away with something because stepping in to face a guy in your debut who who is well known, who's big in that part of the world, I think he did brilliantly. He's sort of Brendan Lachnan, sort of student prodigy. Is that the way it's working there? Like Brendan's done a lot of, sort of been a bit of a mentor to him. Yeah, and he'd be a good friend of Dominic yeah. Cruz as well. Yeah, Murphy would right. like and. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but everyone keeps telling me about uh, Kane Moose's in a, Kane Moose in his corner switching out like in the oh, last right. round before the last <laughs> round he was meant to go mental, and I can't wait to Kane, watch it. Kane's a nut job, that fella. Yeah, he's a legend. But um, great knockouts from Azatar and um, Salikov. I knew Salikov was going to savage that was like. He just hasn't had a good matchup, like a striking matchup, yeah. where he could show them skills. And I knew in order to leave was going to stand with him. So I think that was very good. Um, but yeah, we're kind of running through this card a bit, I know. But, uh, you know, and everyone's saying MMA fighting's dead. What about those numbers, bitches? 
Yeah, well done. We are there. You, you were brilliant. You, you Ain't worked. nothing dead. We're still alive. You worked your ass. Did you get a point anywhere, by the way? You must have oh, yeah, I don't drink. Anywhere. I don't drink. No, you know that. No way. I'm an older professional when I'm away. Um, no comment. <laughs> My arse. You got in a few, so. Um, uh, listen, but it's one of those cards, PT, where I think you're just going to... It's it's one of the ones that highlight high, highlight of the year. I yeah. think you're, you're going to remember just the just the whole buzz around what? here all week and, and like the, Casey Casey's been to 130 pay per views and he turned around to me that yes and he goes, I'm just really glad I was here for that. You know, yeah. I was just really glad to well, see. Well, that's why, like I said to you all week, I was yeah. texting you all week, raging. I'm fucking. I was literally. You knew, yeah, you knew something big I was going to happen. I sat here for three fucking days, really, just with a, a grump on my face, where you're sitting now and I was texting you pictures and me going. I'm pissed off. Yeah, I got about seven selfies a day. Oh, you're missing nothing, Noel. And then I go to his Instagram and he's there. <laughs> but, um, you know, look, we, we were talking about this before we went down. We need to we need to hammer it down. Uh, it's got to be Tony. It's got to L- be Tony. Listen, I, I'm, I, you know, I've been a big advocate for Tony Ferguson getting the title shot about two years ago and he still hasn't got one. It, it's, it's bullshit, man. It, it has to happen now. Now or never. Forget the McGregor rematch talk. It's bollocks. Hey, hey. Have it you is. ever seen a more negative reaction? I mean, I know it got yeah, lots he, of traction, he, he but... Got, he, got, he got slammed. He got slammed. And, and, you know, I think if that fight was happening again, with, with what I saw from Habib the other night and what we saw of McGregor the last time out, like, the thing about the first fight is there was mystery there. Habib was probably expecting the, the McGregor who fought yeah. Alvarez. Now he's been in there with him. I, I think, based on what I saw Habib do to Poirier and how much better he looked there, I think it would last... Very, I think in my last two rounds. Well, like the question now is right, and this is the interesting thing in terms of Conor McGregor, and you know, let, let's just say Habib, Habib and Ferguson is going to happen in December. You know, what way do we look at it in terms of? Um, How you know, can they get, do Habib get, and Tony in December though? Like on the Amanda Nunes card, like what, which one? Well, there's, I think there's a, there's a spot on the 14th of December, so a little bit earlier. Is, is that that's the that's the Nunes card, oh, the 14th well, one. Yeah. Well, we're not to put you know main co. I don't know, yeah. right? But that's what Tony Ferguson wants. That's what he said today. He's come out and said he wants um, December cards. Three months turnaround. Yeah, like yeah. I know in a perfect yeah. world, yeah. But I mean, Habib's a bona fide superstar now. I'd say he got a lot of money there. Yeah, like a lot of money. Like, what's the, what's the point for him rushing back for three months for what is essentially the toughest fight he can possibly yeah. have? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, maybe they might put out you know a little bit longer. But in terms of you know we've Gaethje and Cowboy this weekend, and then we saw the shit in line with Gaethje and McGregor. What you know? Where is McGregor in this division now? I don't know. He needs who to do he something. He and, and here's the other thing that nobody's factoring in. People are like, "Is it Paul Felder? Is it someone like that? Like, I, I, what, what do you do? I don't know." But like, the thing is, everybody once again is suddenly ex- expecting McGregor. Like, people who are talking about him seem to be expecting McGregor Alvarez again. And you're just like, he just broke his left hand. He broke his biggest weapon. Yeah. It's broken. Yeah. So, like, do you think that's going to be even better now for some reason? Absolutely not. Like, I mean, that's a serious injury. He's yeah, not. This, he's not the same age he was at the top of his career when he's explosive. When he's relying on athleticism, you can't rely on your athleticism after thirty. You really can't. I know. I agree. Yeah. Sure. Well, I'm the exception. But of course, no. <laughs> I mean, stop rubbing it in my face all the time. But I agree with you. I'm just intrigued now. You know, just I just you sort of forgot after Justin Gaethje came out with those tweets and those Instagram posts as well. Uh, you know, shitting on Conor McGregor that he was fighting Cowboy this weekend. Well, the, the, look, McGregor needs to um, needs to fight. He, he's he's becoming irrelevant apart from these tweets. And you really saw how yeah, you saw how slammed he was. Like he got absolutely slammed. Like yeah. we were going through his re- the reactions to it, and like it, it took crazy. me about five minutes to find a positive one. 
It's crazy. I just, I just quoted the tweet and said Jesus because it's just not happening. Like, yeah. Um, and you know, interesting. John Kavanaugh did actually tweet. I don't know if so he replied to one of Ariel's comments when the news of obviously Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz was confirmed. That what the, see you there, winky face. So I don't know what that means. Does John even know what that means? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it yeah, was just interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe. Who knows? Um, what right. about that though? Before we get to the interview. Um, Diaz Masvidal It's unimportant to European MMA <laughs> I don't like the belting I mean, Oh like, get the fuck out of here no, no, I, 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 I hate just, it I hate just, it man. Yeah, can we, can we just Okay the, the, the thing is right I'm, I'm surrounded by Casey Shaheen All these guys Esther who, Who've been around the sport For a long long time And they just think it's fun And blah 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 But they are not Like But we have to, we have to We're wearing a different pair of gloves with this right Because yeah. the sport is in a different place In this part of the world And I was like That will just be used as ammunition yeah, against exactly. us Yeah like, exactly Oh this is a Like are we going to have a bad I know Dana I'm, I'm actually quite happy that Dana said We're not going to have a division here Because that would just be absolutely wild But the fact that we're making this belt And look that's fine If the sport was in a serious place over here We've seen boxing do with the, the Mayan belt We've seen boxing have the money belt That's fine if it was a, it was a legitimate sport And everybody knew it was yeah, it's but bollocks still isn't here and um so that's, that's what's about to turn it around for yeah and, and, and to who who was this that said to me and um, i believe it was oscar willis of the mac life he said to me it's two of the only guys the least gimmicky guys in the ufc the two just two natural just captivating dudes jorge masvidal and, and they want to do stupid and you're, you're gonna make it a gimmick and I, I don't look i'm not i'm not fond of it maybe if the sport was in a different place over here i'd like it but i just don't like it well that's the rant i was about to go on so yeah. you just cleared it for me there okay but um well look we get on with the first interview of the day it's no. it's the ksw <laughs> heavyweight champion phil the freeze who will put his title on the line against luis enrique this weekend in london Um, got some really good stuff um from phil about fighting potential fights with ryan bader and matt mitrione if bellator were to do stuff with ksw and he also even shed further light on his kind of his issues with anxiety and alcoholism and and stuff like that and um, so we'll get on to phil and we'll be back to you guys in about 15 minutes always a pleasure to speak to one of the Eurobash favorites and now we are joined by one of the stars of Eurobash, a man that everybody always wants to hear from. It is KSW heavyweight champion Phil DeFries, who takes on Luis Enrique at KSW 50 this weekend. In the main event, of course, Phil, you were in Amsterdam on your way over to the event, I believe. What, 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 how are you? And, and tell me where you're coming from, first of all. Oh, I'm great. I've just uh, been, been over to Poland to do a bit, uh, do some uh, press and stuff. I've just got back from uh, America on Saturday now, so I'm like double jet lag. I had a bad flight last night and everything, so I'm feeling a bit down, but I'm feeling, feeling good for the flight. A few days off and I'll be ready to go. Yeah, I, I saw you were over in ATT, right? Like, is, is this more time that you've spent in ATT ahead of a fight previously? It seemed like you had a big presence over there. Maybe I have it wrong, but it seems like this is a, a big commitment you made to that camp ahead of this one. Yeah, I mean, I always go for five weeks. It was five weeks again, but uh, it's been a tough, tough five weeks, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, of course, we know that you were initially meant to fight uh, Grabowski. You were—I can remember when I spoke to you initially about that. You were quite excited about it. Was that a bit of a blow? Did you fear that they wouldn't be able to replace him ahead of this one at all? No, I'm, I'm pretty confident in the, the ability to rematch fighters. You know, they they have a small card. And, uh, each fight's important, you know. So it was like four weeks out when I when we found out, and uh, Lewis took it on three weeks out, you know. So uh, I, 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 I thought they'd match it, you know. I thought they'd get somebody. 
you know, Luis, like, I mean, how happy are you that he's stepped up? I mean, I think he shocked a lot of people with his debut against uh, Michael in his first one. Were you surprised by that as well? Oh, yeah, he was a huge underdog. You know, I thought he was going to get stuffed, you know. But, uh, like, he took advantage. Like, Andershak's got a bit of a gas tank problem, you know. Very, very dangerous fighter. But in the second, he gassed out, you know. But uh, I don't think Lewis is far behind him, you know. So, we'll see how his gas lasts on Saturday. I mean, what does it mean for you now, Phil, like, headlining these events? It feels really big. The momentum you've picked up in KSW is absolutely unbelievable. Are these special events for you? Because they seem like they're getting more and more special. You're getting more and more hype every time one of these things comes around. Yeah, I mean, my band's definitely growing out here, you know. I get a lot more interviews and in in a lot more questions in the interviews, a lot more fan response, you know. So it's, uh, it's good, you know, and they're, they're building me well. You know, the, the promotion for this one was excellent. So I sort of can't complain, you know. We'll, uh, we'll see how it goes on Saturday, you know. Is it is it a new kind of pressure when you're coming home and defending the title? Do you, does it feel different than when it's in Poland? Nah, you know, when, when I'm in there, I couldn't care less where it is, you know what I mean? That door's <laughs> locked. You might as, well be, might as well be on the moon, you know, I couldn't care less. But I mean, it's... Uh, nah, I couldn't care less where it is, you know. I really couldn't. I mean, it's it, it's weird, right? Because we, we know your story, how you fought back from adversity and you find yourself on, on top of the game in Europe. Like, I mean, was there ever a time where you thought maybe these headline spots, these huge events, you know, they weren't in your in your future? I know I know you had some anxiety issues and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it feels like you've you've really climbed to the top of the mountain now. Was there ever a time where you're like, this this won't happen for me? Oh, well, like, like I said, the, the period when I, when I lost a couple of fights and I lost to, like, an unranked opponent, it was meant to be kind of like a step over guy for me. And I kind of hit the bottle for, like, six months. I was, like, pretty much an alcoholic, you know? He's just not weird every night as well, like, alcoholic drug addict. And I was, like, totally friends, you know, saying, oh, I could have been this, I could have been that. Because in the gym, I always performed, you know? Like, I, I was obviously kicking people's ass in the gym who were, like, top, top UFC contenders, you know? So I thought, why aren't you doing this when you fight, you know? So I honestly thought I was totally done then, uh, when uh, my girlfriend got pregnant, I thought, you know, I'm gonna have, there's something wrong with you here, you know, so I got the anxiety sorted, and I thought, you know what, there's, there's cash out here for you, Phil, you know, you've got to go out and try and get some cash, find like, like some good, good life, your family, you know. So, yeah, but there was a period when I thought, this is done, you know, I thought, I'm done with this, I hate it, you know. But luckily, I kind of switched it back on, you know. That's incredible. So you were, like, I mean, you said there you were hitting the bottle pretty hard. Did you find that all? Oh, like, for, I, I, I was still working full-time during the day. And for about six months, I just like I would get like a bottle of wine, like six cans, or like half a bottle of whiskey every night. My mate, uh, holy shit, like, got loads of weed, you know. Lo- and I'd have the, the queues every day now, but it definitely made me ten times worse. So, like I was like drinking heavily every night. Then uh, my mates would have fights, so I would get up in the morning, I would brush my teeth, uh, go do the rounds with them, help them get ready for their fight, then brush my teeth again, so I didn't stink a drink, I'd go to go to work. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like luckily Boston I didn't realise how hard I was hitting I'd get home about 5 o'clock uh, hit the bottle again you know good times but like at the time it was like helping help the issues with the depression the anxiety but in reality it was making us 10 times worse you know we kind of spiralled down but uh, honestly like uh, like a month after it happened when I started when I got the treatment and I'd stopped drinking and I was back at the gym and stuff I was like my girlfriend I was like was I an alcoholic for a bit there just like feeling <laughs> good Definitely an alcoholic for quite a while there. Was it just that <laughs> you were like, functioning so well, like you, like the way you were saying, you were brushing your teeth, I'd say you could be around people? Because you're such a big guy as well, I'd say you're well able to handle drink as well. Were, were you kind of one of these guys that was just a functioning kind of alcoholic and nobody would have really known? Oh, no, like, well, like, funnily enough, like, 
my day job, I work like I'm a drug, drugs and drugs and like alcohol counsellor, you know, that's what I do for my living, you know. Yeah. And the people I was working with didn't have any idea what I was doing, you know, but uh, it was definitely bad times. It definitely like uh, made my head a lot worse, but I don't know. So I don't know, just one of those things, you know, kind of i'm glad I, that, that was my lock bottom you know and i've come back from it are you still doing that now are you still a counselor now or, or is it just full-time fighting yeah now? I've, I've had i've had two children now and uh in england you can transfer the maternity leave over so i've been off for like two and a half years and only been back for three months but I, i'm back to work and uh, the monday after the fight just uh, wow. i've got me shift for two days a week but uh I like to work, you know, I like to work. I, mean, I, like, I like the security of it. I like money going in my bank account every month, you know. It's, it's a great job, you know. They're like, they're like really, uh, really, really good company to work for. They look after you and stuff, you know. It's, uh, I mean, uh, the company, they offer you, like, uh, if you have mental health issues, they pay for, like, 10 sessions to go see a counsellor. So when I kind of got the medication, then uh, I went, they paid for me to see a counsellor for, like, 10 sessions. You know, like, I owe that company a lot, you know, and I really love working for them. That experience will probably help you in your job, though, right? The fact that you can put yourself in these people's shoes. Like, you were there yourself. Like, that would only make you better at the job, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I mean, I, mean, I, I like it. Uh, I, I love the job. You know, you get a lot, you get a lot of, like, satisfaction doing them with these people, you know? Like, a lot of them are, like... I mean, a lot of them, like, you would say, all oh, these people are scumbags, you know? But, like, you haven't got a chance to be a scumbag when you've had the upload of these people have had, you know? Like, that's how they've learned to survive, you know? And, mm. Like, so you've got to kind of put yourself out there and help these people you know and they can, they can turn around you know like that and yeah, I mean, I, I always see that it seems to me like when you're at home and you're not training you're with your kids you seem to love spending time with your kids and they just seem to worship you and um, what, what oh, do, it's all about the kids now all about the kids everything I do really what do they think you do for a living like do they, do they understand that you're the you're the champion do they understand that you uh, are a badass essentially do they know what you do for a living Nah, the one of them's almost three, and uh, like, I, th- I don't know, maybe she gets a drift of it, but I can't, I kind of like to keep it set. But I mean, uh, I wouldn't have them at the events or anything, you know. I don't know, I don't know. It'd be like, uh, I don't know. But uh, I'll, I, I'll tell them, you know. Sometimes I put me interviews. I'm like, oh look, oh dad's on the television and stuff. I like it, you know. But I'll, I'll tell them one day. But I don't, I don't think I'd get them heavily involved. But I definitely wouldn't push them to get involved in the sport. But if, if they wanted to, that'd be great, you know. Can you ever imagine bringing them to see you fight? Would you like that? Do you ever see that on TV? Like sometimes, you know, you see Daniel Cormier bringing his kids or is that something, you, as you said, you'd like to keep separate? Nah, I don't think I'd like them there, you know. I'll worry about them. You know, I wouldn't be worrying about fighting the guy. I'd be worrying about their feelings and like, oh, what if they like, don't like it and stuff? I would stress about it, you know. So, well, I mean, uh, like when they're old enough to go by themselves, I'll be long retired, you know. But they could watch from the telly and stuff, but... I wouldn't like bring them in or get them in the cage or anything, you know. That's not for me, that. But I mean, it's great that other people do it, you know, but I, I, I'm, nah, not for me. It's incredible. Like, every time I speak to you, I feel like I learn something new about you that makes it even more exceptional uh, when you consider where you are now. Like, are, are you proud of yourself? Like, uh, like, you should be. Like, I really feel like you should. Like, are you proud of where you've basically come from rock bottom to the champion of the world? It's insane. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's great that there is to help out there and stuff, you know. If it wasn't for the doctor and stuff, I, I wouldn't have turned this round, you know. And, like, a lot of, like, uh, the campaign for mental health, I didn't even, like, I didn't even realise I had a mental health problem. I thought I was just, a, this, this was me, I was this person. I didn't even know what anxiety was until, like, campaigns and stuff, I educated me. But, uh, yeah, I'm proud of myself, you know, like, just, uh, it's, 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 like, it's made me a better father, you know. Like, I, like, if you, like, 
I, I used to I told you about having like go and check the door like 20 times and stuff and like worrying about like leaving the dog out at home and coming home. Like, I was like pretty much a like quite 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 insane person. And, like now with that like obviously I'm a better dad, but I'm not totally insane, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and like did you feel like that was the anxiety a separate thing to the alcoholism? Do you think like I mean, was that two different things you had to deal with separately or was it all just one big complex situation? Oh, no, yeah. I definitely drank to help with the anxiety. When I was drunk, I didn't really feel anxious. You know, you kind of feel a little bit merry and stuff. I, I enjoyed being drunk on the night. It was just in the morning where you feel like crap, you know, mm. like during the day, then just horrible, you know, but like, uh, I definitely drank because of the alcohol. And I definitely think I was probably depressed for a while too. You know, I, I think it's obvious that KSW will probably try to attempt to make the Grabowski fight again if, if, if this goes according to plan and you come away with your hand raised from KSW 50. Um, but a lot of people seem to be talking about Bellator and KSW. And I honestly think that, you know, Czech Congo and, and Ryan Bader just fought to a no, no contest last weekend. But I feel like a fight between KSW champion Phil DeFreeze and Bellator heavyweight champion Ryan Bader would, would be way bigger than anything they can really put on. And I know that isn't the fight that's ahead of you now, but I mean... Would something like that appeal to you? And we know that Bellator are putting on shows in Europe now. We know that they're trying to make a big imprint here. Like, if, if something was to land on your desk like that, would that really appeal to you? Because I feel like you're in the best form of your life, and I don't think Bader has a challenger of your kind of cloth out there for him to challenge at the moment, you know? Oh, yeah, I would be something 100% invested in either that or lies, you know. But, I mean, there's a lot of uh, cogs, you know. I think, like, uh, what Bellator do with lies, and they do, like, a champion versus champion fight, so... I think they'll have to get Bader to fight for the KSW belt, then me challenge for that belt straight afterwards. So I, I don't know the logistics of it, but I'll be definitely up for, for, for cross-promotion fights. I mean, uh, Mick Leon called me out, you know, he said he'd like to fight me again, you know, so a few weeks ago before he got beat off uh, Kamatinov. So I'll definitely, definitely be interested in cross-promotional fights, you know. Do you think they they realize how different you are now? Because it, it just looks like a different guy in there. I mean, you're just you're kind of breezing through these guys. It's really exceptional to watch. Like Narcoon's one of the best prospects. Like he was considered one of the best prospects in Europe, and you just breeze through him. It didn't even seem like you know it was that all that difficult for you. I mean, like, like like I said, like years ago in the gym, I was fighting people like this, and I was performing fantastically. You know, so I knew what was in us. So yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely on a roll. You know, definitely on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, just finally, just tell me about uh, Luis. Like, how do you feel like you you stack up against him? Like, I feel like you're going to have a big size advantage again here. Yeah, I think I'm about twenty. Pa- I'm quite. I'm heavy at the moment. I'm a lot heavier than my last fight. Uh, I really took care of my nutrition a bit better this camp and kind of ate. Like, I wasn't eating the last time. I'm like too well looked after at home, so I've been like making sure I was getting fed. But uh, I don't think he likes. I don't think he likes slighting very much at all. I think he's in a rush to get grappling. And I also think I'm a better grappler than him, and I think he's conditionally better. You know, he's, he's definitely a good fighter. He's not going to be slept on. But I think I'll definitely get the job done within the distance. You know, sometimes I feel like, you know, when you first re-emerged, I felt like maybe people were looking at you like, that's that's old Phil DeFries. Do you feel like, you know, fighters now have a newfound respect for you? They realize that you are one of the best heavyweights in the world? Yeah, I mean, like, my rankings increased fantastically, you know, like... Uh, I mean, like, like I, I used to hate it. You could tell I, used to, I never used to like it. You know, I don't, I don't honestly don't like it. Did it? You know, probably peer pressure or something. But uh, like, my record dictated, my rank dictated, from my attitude. You know, and like, uh, 
we were interviews and stuff. I can talk and have a bit of a crack now. We, You're we, brilliant. We, You're one of the best <laughs> interviews in the world, man. It's incredible. I, I genuinely mean that. From the first time I talk to you, I've been every time I speak to you, I'm blown away by what you tell me. Honestly, you're a real open book, you know. Yeah, I might like you got to tell the truth, you know. Best honesty is the best policy, isn't it? I think that's why people relate to you as well, though, because not only are you doing so well in the cage, you're just this really relatable person, right? You're not trying to be someone that you aren't. Nah, there's no point. Like, I mean, like, it's like cringy when you say like, like people putting on the Conor McGregor laugh and stuff. You know, you got to be yourself. You know, to be true to yourself, otherwise. Just don't like tape, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to see you in a three-piece suit anytime soon uh, selling a bottle of whiskey now or anything like that? Whiskey? I haven't even tried it yet, so it's good. <laughs> uh, uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I do like whiskey, actually. I do like whiskey, but uh, I don't know. I think I don't know about this Connor thing. You know, I, I don't know if he's a good dude or not. You know, I don't think I could uh, enjoy him getting money off me if he wasn't a good dude, you know? Mm, mm, that's very true. That's very true. Um... <laughs> Just just finally, Phil, um, you know, when you look at this card, it's absolutely stacked. There's four title fights on it. Is there anyone there? Like, I'm a huge uh, Roberto Saldich fan. I love watching him fight. But is there anyone el- anything else on this card that's really sticking out to you that you're really looking forward to? I mean, I, I always love to watch Norman fight. You know, he's, uh, he's great. And uh, I like Drickus as well. Drickus will be, be, be good at middleweight. Maybe he's a good that's right. He's back, fight right? between him and Scott, you know. But... Uh, I mean, they, they almost had uh, Soldic versus Sendex, you know. They were going to try and match them up, you know, I think, but it didn't come to fruition. So, so that would have been dispute, insane. You know, the, yeah, they're trying to work on that, you know. But, uh, yeah, Soldic's always going to watch. I, I think he'll beat this kid, you know. That's a good sign, though, right? If Because I did hear about that as well. They were trying to do daily and um, Soldic. So, I mean, that is a good sign in terms of you, if they want to put you against a Mitrione or a Bader. Like, that, is, that looks good, right, that there is a relationship there. There's something to build on. Oh, I mean, it's great. It's got to get everything working for everybody, you know. It's like nobody, like, uh, I think it would have to be like a champ versus champ thing. It's like, what if, what if, like, I mean, I, I, honestly, I personally think Soldic would beat Daly. I do think he would beat him. What if he came over and won and he had the belt and he left and there was like, it would like decrease the stock in KSW? Same with the other way around, you know. So I don't know. I, it must be a lot of moving parts to get something like this working, you know. But uh, I, I'm up for it, you know. We'll do it, you know. Well, that's all I got for you, Phil. I can't wait to see you fight again. Again, watching how your career has turned around and how you've become one of the great heavyweights in the world is absolutely amazing. And um, I hope the success continues, my friend. And I, I can't uh, wait to too, see you. Me too, me too. Thank you. My girlfriend, my girlfriend wants a new house, you know, so that's to keep continuing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Phil. All the best, mate. I hope the flight is easy and um, the fight week goes well. Great, man. Thanks, Sonny. Lovely speaking to you, man. Okay, right, I'll see you bye, later. Bye-bye. I never get tired of talking to Phil DeFries, man. What an interesting guy. What a great ambassador for the sport and how he's turned his life around, man. It's like a it's like a Tyson Fury nearly, man. It's unbelievable. The more I talk to him about how low he was in them points, the more impressed I am with him, man. What a, what a resurgence that man has had in his career. Now, I have not been able to catch up with any of the fights, right? So I moved out of my apartment the day before I went to Abu Dhabi because we're trying to save up for a mortgage or whatever. I get back to my my uh, parents' house today to start a year-long <laughs> mortgage quest, which should be painful. And the internet doesn't work in the house. Uh, can't watch Cage Warriors. Can't watch Bellator. Um, you can imagine, Noel, I have a short fuse a lot of the time. But yeah, you were grumpy, grumpy, uh, grumpy PT today, and I don't uh, blame you. After... Two days of not sleeping and getting back to that, I was pretty bad. It was probably a bad introduction to Peter back into the family home, we'll say. But uh, what can you do? Um, but lucky enough, 
Aaron Oil McGrath loves oh. him some MMA. He loves him some MMA. And he's got I'll our tell you backs. What, I don't fucking love it today because I watched too much of it. <laughs> it was it was a fucking slog. I watched I watched uh, Cage Warriors on Friday night. You listen, fantastic card. I can't say enough good things about we'll get, Cage we'll Warriors. We'll get to that now in a second. And Bellator then today. But, and obviously, t- you went to And, and the fight. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was... It was, it was uh, a heavy week weekend of work for both of us, but in different different time zones and in different ways, I guess. But uh, tell me first of all, how did Implug go? How did it look? Did it feel good? Brilliant. Um, right from the get go, really impressive production again from BT Sport and Cage Warriors and, and what they did. It looked great. Great advertisement from the sport, and um, you know the guys in commentary as well. Argo, Argo buddy. Brad Wharton, brilliant night, man. Unbelievable. I heard, I heard he was like particularly he amazing, so man. on point as he always is. Yeah. Josh uh, and him are just two animals, man. Yeah. They really are. Like, yeah. But I heard like the amount of praise I was seeing online for them. I was like, this is great, man. They deserve that, you know. Those guys are. F- I'd love to see Brad in the UFC someday. Yeah. Just on the mic, and I've said this for a long time. <laughs> brilliant. I mean, yeah. Just the passion comes through. The knowledge. The panache absolutely fantastic and I think the card actually to be honest man, it's surpassed my expectations I was dying to watch it that's why I'm so pissed I off. was dying when I was watching it with a hangover <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was badly hung over right. but I'll tell you what man right from the get go and listen we didn't even predict that pizza no Cartwright uh, came out of nowhere the winner of it the it was shit. just crazy the power that kid has in his hands man insane a lot of people were telling me though I was sleeping on him because I thought that was a tough first round sleep. draw yeah, against I was fancy Scott Malone, Malone yeah and then he just he just plants him up, and I was like, I was just there. What? Just going, what is, is this it? And then that little beautiful rat's tail he has. It was just like what? What was Kovacevic and Reed like? Was that a good fight? Yeah, listen, man, all the fights were really, really good. Um, Kovacevic, Kovacevic and, and Malone would have been my front row. I mean, sorry, Reed and Malone would have been my front row yeah. there. And the thing, obviously, about um, Cartwright's win is because it came after like what forty seconds or something. It was really, really early on in the fight. Forty nine seconds. Yeah. Seconds. yeah. Uh, Kovacevic Reed obviously went the distance. That was an immediate advantage for Cartwright because he, you know, he literally was like two shots and the fight was fecking over. I Those can't believe guys I went haven't three seen rounds. This. It was so good, so impressive from Cartwright. The guy just looks like a stone cold killer, and and the guy's in SBG Manchester. Actually, Jonathan Schrager was texting me during the fight, and he was gone. Uh, Saul Rogers was was telling him about this guy going into it, how good he is. Watch out for him and stuff like that. And man, the guy went in, and in the final, like it, it was just obviously the main event. Even we'll talk about the other fights in a second. I'm pissed off. Did listen it, to you, did, I want to did it again. Just did it again, and oh. you were just like, this guy was making his Cage Wars debut. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, unplugged one of their biggest shows of the year. It's a fucking rags to riches story, fairy tale story. Watch out for that right hand, man. I'm telling you. Can I ask you about another debut? Because. Uh, it was Mr. Paul Hughes. I'm so glad to see him Brilliant. in Cage Warriors. He wanted to be in Cage Warriors for so, so bad. long. So bad. And um, I believe it was a resounding debut. Tell me about him. Unbelievable. And I tell you what. The Unbelievable. Thing, Unbelievable. Oh. The thing I was most impressed about, and I said this to you off air a few minutes ago, I said um, the kicks that Paul took in the early stages of that round, um, obviously he got the finish in the first round, but he took a lot of really hard leg kicks that sort of put him off guard. But he adjusted so well. He brought the fight to where he was comfortable. Bit of dirty boxing up against the cage, grappling up against the cage, and he took him down because he knew he was in trouble against the bigger so guy. So rounded, isn't he? So clever. Great fight IQ and got the choke. A debut, I'll tell you what. Um, 
a good time to make a debut as a bantamweight with that uh, situation going on. But why, why was he fighting at 164 kilos? Because I mean, was, sorry, 164 pounds. It was uh, it was obviously a late addition to the card. So right, that's why right. that's why the, the weight class. That's uh, that's incredible. Like 30 and, pounds heavier than his fight weight. Like th- that's what I mean. And and to go out and do that and to adjust as well and use the IQ as I was saying, he realized straight away this guy's you know a lot bigger on the feet's going to give me problems. Took it to where he thought he could win the fight. Excellent IQ from him. What about and my boy? Cage Warriors, just say, if people haven't heard, they fought, signed him to a five-fight contract directly after that fight. And let's talk about Ian Gary, the man brilliant. that everybody's talking about in Irish Brilliant. MMA. Absolutely brilliant. I saw the finish, all right, incredible, but I, I was dying to watch the fights. I just couldn't, and... Um, it was a good one from him again. Yeah, yeah, really good performance. Already got it like a good smack in the nose at the start. He, he did. Had to come he back did. Like it. he was taking a few digs in in, in that round, but really, this is, this is Tom Mearns he's going in against. This fellas, I mean, sorry, yeah. not, not Tom Mearns. Um, he got a Segley or something. Yeah, yeah. Segley. But Segley was tough, dude. Man, the guy was no mug. You know, this guy gave Ian Gary a few hard shots as well. A few hard. Well, that's uh, what you want to see as well. Kicks. Like, yeah, a little bit of a test, and and then ultimately. Um, got that question mark kick. It sort of grazed off the side of his yeah, chin. lovely. And then he followed in uh, with a knee, I think, sort of just missed the knee, but you could tell straight away. People were saying it was a bad stoppage. Uh, I didn't think it was his a bad stoppage corner, It was a perfect stoppage. Yeah. It was a really good stoppage. His corner were going insane. I was like, lads, come on, your fighter's on the ground. He's curled up. He's not fighting back. Yeah. Fight's over. Really good stoppage. And I'm really, really just happy with Cage Warriors and especially what Graham Boylan said afterwards as well, that we're going to rebuild mixed martial arts scene in Ireland oh. it was a definite statement from Boylan and he said Reese McKee is going to be on the card Gary he said um, Hughes Hughes is going to be on it he said McCalgan's going to be yes. on it all their top James Webb Irish yeah well James Andy Webb Townsend you'd imagine so wouldn't you yeah but um, you know be a, yeah. in Ian Gary's corner as well like, royalty you know you have you've, you've cage warriors legends there and Carl Pendred and you know, Chris Fields and Savage. Uh, and, and James Webb was there in his corner as well. So it didn't go well class for, to see. I'm just saying it didn't go well for Craig White. Again. No. Oh. Absolutely insane performance from Louis Glissman. He's and, very you know, a good, Danish man. guy. That's a tough fight, like yeah. um that's that's worked with, with Marco Madsen, who we'd on the show last week or the, the week before, I think it was. Unbelievable stuff. That from was like him, three man. months ago we had him on. Was it three months ago? <laughs> yeah. was like, there you go. Like, MMA has just got my. my oh, sorry, head Marco Madsen. You're right. I was thinking of Mads Burnell. Sorry, my bad. My bad. He was talking about Mads Burnell. He's trained with all these guys and he's just looks so well rounded. It's and just a time there to the have like Denmark. Is just, it's it's just the wrestling. It's just like, what is going on there? What are they feeding these kids? But Craig White will Tough be very disappointed in his performance again. It didn't last too long, the fight either. And. Um, you know, it was a verbal submission as well, Petey. So, disappointing one for Craig. Glissman does look the shit, though. I have to say, I'm very, very excited to see what's next for him. John McCulligan and Mehdi Ben Lactar, man. What a fight. I saw the last round of it. And I, I Is did... Joe ever in an unexciting fight? Ever. He's a savage. <laughs> He's an animal. Man, that guy, I was texting him on Sunday. But Mehdi Ben Lactar is an animal, too, man. Yeah. I was like, both these guys these are guys, savages. Like, no one, it, was, it was fair in the end. Joe will feel as though it got away. And I was texting him. Just the, la- the last round, yeah. The last round. I, like, he got his nose yeah, bust that's open. Yeah, like, that's what I was looking at. I was like, that's always, it changes your, your gas tank. It changes everything once that happens. But, you know what I mean? The resolve from Joe McCulgan to hang in there. He was getting absolutely pummeled at one point. Yeah. And to hang in there and stay in just shows you what a tough, tough, gutsy, um, you know, posh, resolute, posh, fat-headed <laughs> contender uh, Joe McCulgan is, man. It, it's it, all about the curls, man. It was impressive. If you have curls, I, you're I think tough. it was one of those weekends, just in general, the weekend of mixed martial arts, it was one of those ones where... 
there was a lot of feel good stories, and I think Joe's is one of them as well to hang on in there and get a draw after you know being so yeah. so good in the first two rounds. It was uh, would you call it? It was brilliant. It was don't really, stop believing. Don't John stop believing. Hold on to those curves. But uh, really good fight, and um, I am interested to see as well. Obviously, what Joe said after the fight—if that's going to come to fruition—you know, oh, call he's Paddy Pimlet. Paddy Pimlet again. He's, pa- look, make the fight. Yeah. He's wanted him for ages, boy. Exactly. I will say, I don't want Paddy rushing back. I really don't want him rushing back. Yeah. His hand is in a bad way. Yeah, it is in a bad way. Like he, he was very honest with me ahead of that uh, submission thing. Mm. Like I mean, he seems. I think it's going to be twenty twenty before we see Paddy at least. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, from what you said to me, and and you know, Paddy did. I, I tweeted out and Paddy <laughs> retweeted. So the the heat, there is a bit of heat there already, and we've did, just been people, heat for a people, while. People make out that Paddy isn't game, man. He's one of the gamest motherfuckers in the he game. Is. He's like, just been very unfortunate. He's fought injured, like so injured. Yeah, like yeah, whereas team are like stop, and he just won't. Yeah. Like, no, these people. I can, listen, I can understand why Joe's. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. Like that, that's part of I the game. I would love that fight. Yeah. I would love that fight. Yeah. Um. I've said it for a long time. But you, Jack Cartwright, as you said, he went on to win the main event Phenomenal. against Kovacevic. What so, a story. But what, listen, listen, what a story. Man, last two guys who held that title went to the UFC. Do you think he looks like a contender? Like he got. Well, I good? think because he made such short work of them, you, you don't know what. You, it's actually pretty hard to gauge. Because he went in and just bombed. Like, he needs someone to give him a hard everyone. time. Yeah, yeah, he needs someone to give him a hard time and t- see what is, you know, if he can come back through adversity and stuff like that. But, like, on first looks, holy fuck, we've got a guy who's, who's writing the, the fast path to the UFC, yeah. Listening to you talk about this is making me even more angry about not seeing yeah, man, you it. You've really watch, you have to, anyone oh, I've tried, I've tried. Anyone who hasn't, no, I know, yeah, I know, but anyone who hasn't watched it, do go check that back out in UFC it's Fight Pass. Killing it, was, me, man. it was phenomenal. Like, you know, like, like the guys that are on that card, like I've covered them pretty like yeah. a long, long time. Yeah. And I, all these guys like Gary and Joe and, and yeah, yeah. It pissed me off not being able to see it, man. It really it would fucking upset me. Like yeah. So I was on to like as I said, I was on a, I was on to Joe the next day and he's 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 game to go down and fight in Cork and um you know, Reese McKee. Gonna... I was on to Reese as well. Reese was asking me for live updates, he couldn't fucking get the card up, so I was doing commentary to Reese and um, on Joe's fight and a couple of the other fights. So, yeah, listen, it, you know, hopefully everything goes off. We said this a couple of weeks ago. Without a hitch Can't for wait. Cage Warriors, I'll be down in Cork. I hate Cork. I hate people from I Monster, love Cork. But shut up, PT. Get it's out of my house. It's a savage city, Get man. out. Do you Get really out. not like Cork? I hate people from Munster. Oh, yeah, because they're rugby. Yeah. I'm only messing. No, no, no. I like Cork. It's a savage city, man. But, um, yeah, no, it's, I'm very much looking forward to that. And I think it will be amazing to see Cage Warriors put on um, a badly needed show there and for it all go off without a hitch. So, unbelievable yeah. night from Cage Warriors. Super let's, pumped after it. Let's it's out the weekend nicely. Oh, Jesus. Let's have a look at the belt. Oh. <laughs> Will you stop? <laughs> let's look at the belt 226 card. There was some huge wins for the Europeans in that featherweight tournament. I only saw the finishes, but holy shit, man. Adam Boric is an animal. He is an yeah. absolute savage. Pedro Carvalho is a savage Oh my god, man! We're gonna take that tournament. It's coming home to Europe. I feel it. I tell you what, man. I wouldn't bet past Pedro Carvalho after that performance. That he's was so well rounded, man. He's so good, so good. Even early on, he was switching up his stances and he was throwing knees and uh, body. He landed one massive body kick in Cecilia. Cecilia did take him down twice in the first round, but looked so comfortable off his back. And um, obviously, in that uh, second round, then got the face crank in on Sam Cecilia. Um, for the victory, yeah, Sam, as as we said, was a little bit reckless, but that's what you're going to get, and yeah. it, it is that pressure that's that sort of, it's a test. It's that a puts you off. Test. It is. A, it is a test. Like Sam's a bloody good fighter, man. But Pedro was very cool, calm, calculated, 
and ultimately he got the job done. This guy is this guy is is going places, dude. You weren't happy with that main event? Absolute garbage. Um, uh, you know, check Congo. Come on, he's five years past his sell by date. Um, Ryan Bader. It looked like he sort of grabbed his nose. And it was the uppercut, actually about 10 seconds beforehand, that did the damage on his eye, as far as I was concerned. So I'm not sure why Mike Beltran jumped in. He, he, for me, it should have been to stop the fight. Because it looked like the, he punched him, then the eye obviously swelled up. About 10 seconds later, the eye started closing, and then checkpointed towards his eye. And that was ultimately the way he viewed it. It ended in a fucking no contest. Um, clearly his eye was injured. But again, you know, I'm not for these main events when you've guys like what we've seen um, on the undercard there light it up. Let's get KSW champ Phil DeFries in there against Brader next. If he gets through, yeah. of course, Luis Enrique. Because look, he's clearing out his division at KSW. Bader's obviously clearing out yeah. his division if he's fighting Czech Congo. Come on. Mm. Like, um, also, just want to note that um, <clears throat> on the undercard, Ashley Grimshaw suffered a loss to John Tichero. She's a cuts in his face. Did not see oh, him. Man. Bad. Oh, man. Get elbowed up. Stitched. Across oh, the top no. of his eye, underneath there, and he's quite a handsome man as well. Oh, he's not handsome anymore, mate. Oh, yeah, was it very? Oh, bad? it was. It was. It was nasty. That the, the stitches. Yeah, I saw the stitch job today. Fuck, really bad. Really oh, bad. Oh man. Well, look, we get on with our with our second interview of the day. Yeah, I think we have to mention just just, just obviously Adam Barch, as you said, unbelievable performance, stop and pack. Oh her. yeah, sorry, I only referenced that quickly for the yeah. for the first time. Um, in Pat Kern's long and illustrious career, this guy is a fucking savage as well. And another flying knee, man. How does he keep whacking this on people? Like it, that's like third in Bellator it, in four it, fights. It's unbelievable. Skinned him on the side of the head, sort of four got him fights. in the temple, fell to the ground, and just the, the the really impressive thing about that for me again was for such a young guy to not like literally rush in. He picked his shots really well on the ground, got the stoppage, unbelievable performance. And we have to say Emmanuel Sanchez as well, really really good um, against Tywin Claxton. Overcame a bit of adversity in the first round. Um, really comfortable again off his back. Got in a triangle choke uh, at the end of the second round to advance also in the tournament. Um, really, I really enjoyed the featherweight. And Daniel, Daniel Strauss didn't get the win. Didn't. And I, it looked like his shoulder it could be um, popped out again. I think it could be actually in relation to the motorcycle incident they were yeah. saying on the broadcast. So a tough one for, for Daniel Strauss. You know? Nothing but respect for Strauss. Nothing but respect for a guy who's literally had to learn to walk again. Um, incredible competitor and athlete. But... Listen, I just hope he. Uh, I hope everything's all right for him and his uh, his his his, uh, his injuries. Now well, let's get on with this. Uh, the second interview of the day. It is the Bellator two two seven main event fighter. He will be taking on James Gallagher. It is Kyle Eleanor, and great to speak to this guy, and great to see him doing so many media rounds in Ireland. He here. was in Ireland, yeah. Oh, he was doing everything. He was Virgin Media. He was talking to everyone. So. Um, Look, great to see this guy getting his name out there, making this event, start like trying to forcing the narrative against uh, James Gallery. Certainly is, and you know, after speaking to him, you can feel how confident he is. You can feel he wants that big upset, and uh, I'm re- I'm looking forward to it even more after talking to him. So we'll talk to Cal now, and we'll be back in about ten minutes. And now we are joined by the man who is coming to Dublin to take out one of the prodigal sons of MMA in this country. He's in Ireland today doing the media rounds, and I've been lucky enough to snare a few minutes with him. It's Mr. Cal Eleanor, Cal Pacino, as he's known in the business. How are you, sir, and how is today going for you? Today is going awesome, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm great. Uh, got some really good training at East Coast last night. Uh, me and Alice Younger just came out here and just lapping it up, mate. It's awesome. Uh, met some cool people today. Just seeing the arena where I'm about to fight. It's uh, everything's going great. 
you were out in East Coast Jiu Jitsu with Daryl uh, Daryl Connell, were you? Is that um how how was the reception there? Was anyone trying to cut you or anything like that? Trying to throw a few sloy elbows into you or anything? <laughs> Funnily enough, I got a cut under my eye last night from an elbow, <laughs> but nah, that was an accident. It's only a small thing. <laughs> it was uh, now nah, obviously uh, my grappling coach uh, Ellis at Northeast Jiu Jitsu, I was younger. Um, he's affiliated with East Coast, so we come out here to train. Sometimes I was out here a few weeks back, and then. Back out here now, and then back out here fight week. Yeah, getting getting the train with Dara and stuff. So it's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, the reception's great. Like obviously all the lads there, super cool, and some killers on the match. You know, so it's a really good training. So it's always good to come back out here and train. Yes, yes, they're really putting Irish Jiu-Jitsu on the international map. It has to be said. A great bunch of lads there in uh, Monkstown. But um, I suppose we have bigger things to talk about here, Cal, because you are taking on one of the most polarizing figures in mixed martial arts, James Gallagher. Um, at the end of this month in the three arena. Now, I saw a video you did with my great friends, Raptors MMA, and, and it's fantastic. I, I saw you speaking about the fact that you're coming onto Irish soil and you're really embracing that. Um, like, I mean, mm-hmm. even before this fight was booked, I was saying it should be booked. I thought your win over Nathan Grayson was a fight that showed everyone how elite you are. And now we're finally here. But how good was it initially to, to get that call and say, you've got this fight, Cal? It was great, you know, it's uh, finally just, I feel like I'm finally, people are starting to realise that I'm to be taken seriously, you know, like I feel like in the past, like people's mentioned me and you not know, kind of disregarded my skill sets because they've not really watched much of my footage or seen many of my fights, but I feel like finally, like it's getting to the point now where people actually are taking notice and thinking like, actually, you know what, like this kid is good, you know, like obviously you can see like um, all round, I think I bring good attributes you know I feel like my striking's good my wrestling's good my grappling's good and I feel like um, as far as like heart goes I feel like you know I feel like I'm tough as old boots and people say that and I've got no quitting and that's why I feel like now start, people are starting to finally get behind us and, and, and build us up a bit you know because I feel like people are starting to realise like hey, I'm actually a good fighter and I, so it's as it's regards as like um, the fight coming I kind of always seen it happening but I kind of always at the same time thought that it would maybe give James easier fights whereas now I feel like um, yeah I'm getting the recognition I deserve and it's the sensible fight to make as you said yourself you know realistically I know I've got two losses on me right up but I'm, I, 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 I only have one really and it's the same as James he's 9-1 and one and both finishing fights in Bellator so it was the perfect domestic fight to make you know in Europe in Bellator Europe you know what I mean it's, it's the fight that made sense so it's great to finally see that they've, they've used the heads and, and did it, you know, and put this fight together. I feel like it's going to be an amazing one. And we're both kind of like to do similar stuff and we're both gaming, you know, and we're both, we're both talking up and stuff like that. So it's going to be a fantastic fight and it's going to be a, a great event to, to be fighting on and especially main event. And I can't wait to just dare even get it done now. It's all, I, all I'm thinking about, you know. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I mean, when I, when I think about you, um, you know, as an opponent and... Um, you know, I think about the fact that you've been over there in South Africa. Like, I mean, you are no stranger to going into people's backyards, right? I mean, this is a thing that you've kind of built your career on. Yeah, that's it. Like, uh, fighting in these hostile environments, I just feel it brings out the best in me. Like, I feel like not this. these are the fights I want to be involved in, you know? I feel like it's about being out of your comfort zone, like, fighting's wild anyway. So, what's, you know, like, what's more crazy than going having a full-on fist fight with someone? So, it's like... It doesn't matter where it is, you know. Like this is this is what I live for, and these memorable nights in these crazy environments is what I want my career to be based on. I just want to fight the best people in the the most hostile environments ever, and just build a legacy on that. And 
they'd be coming to Dublin now when it's going to be sold out and stuff like that and walking out and seeing that pretty much everybody there is wanting me to lose it's just going to make us want to win even more so it's just like and I've got zero pressure on my shoulders here because a lot of people who don't even know who I am or calling as a bum or calling as a journeyman like that, I haven't got a clue like if you take the time to watch one of me fights you'll see I'm far from it and you'll see that I've got zero quitting it and that's why I just feel like there's no pressure on me at all like everyone's expecting him to win anyway so I'm just going to come here and have a, have a dog fight with him and I just definitely see myself winning it and putting him away so it's going to be a memorable night for me for sure one that I'll remember forever you know, you, you you mentioned that there, and that's something that I, I don't really hear it from people who know the sport, people who are involved in the sport, but certainly, you know, the, the Twitter trolls kind of came out when this fight was announced, like, oh, Cal is a can. Now, we, we know that's that's far from the truth, and, and most of the coaches, most of the fighters in the game know that's not the truth, but um, how is that? Like, I mean, it's a whole new level, right? I mean, you're, you're over in Ireland doing all these TV spots, you're getting uh, trolls coming at you probably in, in a more serious volume than ever. Is is it a new kind of thing? Like, is that a bit? Is it a bit of a weird feeling? No, nah, it's kind of it, it, it comes with the, the territory, you know. Like, I feel like it, it's what you've got to expect. Like, if you put yourself out there, the more you get promoted, the more people don't want to see it. You know, like you you see people doing good things, and there's always going to be bitter, sour little people who <laughs> couldn't dream of actually putting it all on the line themselves. So when they see people actually doing it, they kind of they hate it, you know, they hate people doing well, people people who've got these their own insecurities and their own problems in life just want to shut other people down who's trying to make something of themselves. So it's to be expected. Like their 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 comments don't bother me in the slightest. In fact I actually I actually like enjoy them getting them because it just means <laughs> that I'm doing something right and it's build it's building you know, like it builds my name even more. Like the more people who see my bum and that the more the more it's even less pressure on me and the more that when I do go there and fight and people see how how wild I am and how how much of a rough fight I do bring, then they're going to see, like, it's just going to promote me even more so. So let them think and let them see what they want, you know, like, they can they, they all see that, but when the fight's done, they'll see. So I can't really, I'm not really bothered about it in the slightest. All it's doing is just fueling my fight. It wants to make us want to win even more. So I just can't wait to just have you fight now. It's um, it's like it's a big one as far as I'm concerned. Like, I mean, the the level of attention James's name uh, alone brings to a fight, um, you know, do you see this as the one that's going to put you on the map internationally? Is basically what I'm trying to ask. Like, I I feel like Ricky Bandeas got a huge shot after he beat um James and he handed him his first career loss. But as you kind of said in that um in the Raptors documentary, this one's even sweeter, right? Because you get to go in into Dublin. That would be a huge international story if this was to happen, right? Yeah, definitely. Like he completely, like uh, just completely misread the way I was seeing that, and he's James has put that out there as if I'm accepting defeat by being real and seeing that in a two-horse race, one can win and one can lose. But that's the way it is. It's fighting, you know. Like it happens. Like I'm not, I'm not coming here to lose at all. In my thing, that I was just saying, like at the end of the day, I'm winning regardless, just because I'm here. Look, I'm main eventing a huge card with some superstars on. That's what I meant by that. But if he thinks I'm coming here to lose, then let him think that. That's you know what I mean. It's going to make him be even more, you know, not even training, you know, the way he should be. Like let him think that. Let him think I'm going to be an easy fight, and it makes my job on the night even even easier. But yeah, definitely that's it. Like if I win this fight, like it's going to propel my career to levels that like that I've never known, you know, and it's where I believe I should be anyway. So that's that's why I've always wanted this fight. That's why I've called him out for so long and messaged Bellator and the matchmakers and stuff like that. I can't, continuously just all the time since me and Nathan Grayson fight because I know 
stylistically, like I can bring trouble to James's, and I, I and I definitely think think I can beat him. So it's like, why wouldn't I want that fight? You know, the chance to elevate my career like that after just one fight. Like at the end of the day, it's just three five minute rounds. Like who cares? Like I'll fight anybody, any bantamweight on the planet. And like it's just a fight at the end of the day, and I definitely see myself winning it. So why wouldn't I want to take that chance? And how sweet would it be to beat him here? Like I'm gonna be walking out there to a sore that arena and there are full thing of people who's wanting me to lose there. It's like, if I win there, that's 15,000 people who know I am, who I am instantly and that's not without the, the live stream or whatever or live on television and stuff like that. So it's a massive, massive, like, career. Um, massive move. Yeah, huge move in my career in the right direction. So why wouldn't I want that? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's what I've dreamed about my whole life. So I'm just coming here and I'm, I'm coming to win. So can't wait. Does it make it easier when, you know, a lot of people don't like this guy? Like, I mean, you, you've mentioned it there yourself. You you and him are kind of having a back and forth at the moment. Does that, does that make it even better for you? The fact that, you know, there is a bit of bad blood here going into this fight. And will that make it sweeter again? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, especially someone who's like, as you know yourself, like I'm always like a respectful kind of fighter. You know, I've never really got much to really see it. In regards of like disrespecting anyone like that, but at the same time, like James disrespects me, he's saying like this, that, and the other, and he's disregarding me skill set. So yeah, it's definitely going to be even sweeter to to get to go in there and, and put him away. Especially you know like um, at the end of the day, like people have problems with work colleagues. That's what James is at the end of the day. He's a work colleague. It's just amazing for me that I can get to go in there and punch him in the head. You know, so it's like it's fantastic. You know, just and it's it's going to be fun. You know, to the build up, the whole build up's going to be fun and. It's just going to be one of them things that I remember forever. So, like, it's, you know what I mean? I'm just buzzing for it. Just finally, Cal, like, how do you see this one finishing? Like, I'm sure you, like a lot of fighters, you know, visualize how a fight can happen, visualize the bad spots, visualize the good spots. What, what do you think is the most likely way this kind of goes, this fight? I just see me bringing a disgusting fight to James, one that he's not going to enjoy at all when he realises that I'm not going to quit. That's when he's going to break. And whether it comes by knockout or submission, it's going to come. But I just don't see me, I don't see going the distance. I do see me putting him away in one of them fashions. You know, I don't don't see this going at the end at all. Like I feel like I will either bang him out or I'll catch his neck or something and choke him. And either way, I'll be happy. Like regardless, I'm just coming to win. I'm not coming for any decisions. Um, I've had decisions go against me before when I've won in someone's backyard and I'm not letting that happen here so it's kill or be killed and I just say me putting them away mate Cal I am even more excited about this fight after speaking to you I've never heard someone describe something as they're going to put on a disgusting display but that's made me very excited I must say my friend um, I'm, look- <laughs> I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing you in, uh, in Dublin I can't wait for the fight and thank you so much for getting onto us and having a word Oh, thanks for your time, mate. I really appreciate it, brother. Thank you. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks' time, my friend. And thank you very much to Carl Eleanor. Really, really looking forward to that fight, man. What a it's, name. Yeah, it's a really cool name, man. He sounds like a movie star or something. Um, it's not quite in the level of Niall McGrath, but we'll... Not, it's not Niall McGrath, you know, no. Yeah. We have a shit name. Peter Carroll's just so bog, bog standard. It's like John Smith. Yeah, it really is. It could be like... <laughs> it could be like... Uh, I don't know. What's John, a, John a librarian. <laughs> Peter <laughs> Carroll. <laughs> Librarian, or like, Jesus uh, Christ, know, the local copper. <laughs> the amount of books that go missing if you're a librarian, <laughs> you sell in the back of a van. <laughs> oh, oh, you're dying. The flight. It's oh, those airplanes. They're disgusting. Oh man, I tell you, they ruin you. 
the man who sent me beside two women on the way home, and they just they need to go, need to go to the bathroom every ten seconds. Oh, nothing worse. The last one, like she she's leaving, and it's like twenty minutes left on the flight. She's like, ha, "This is the last time, I promise." Well, you've done it sixteen times oh, over the last eight hours, yeah, so I mean, Christ. nothing worse. Oh, I was ready to kill. Should have kicked her. I think I, I pent. I had all this pent up Should have kicked her. Yeah, I got all this pent up rage, but I didn't do anything with it. Then I got home and the, I couldn't watch Cage Warriors, and I had a full blown meltdown. I was. I'll tell you what happened. I was similar to that before. Just, I just rang you and shouted down the phone for like three minutes and hung up. I think I was coming back from Vegas. I think it was May Mac, and right. there was this guy kept standing up behind me, and you know, putting the hand in the seat. And I had three oh, seats. I hate that. Right, and I actually right. I went. That yeah, one, you're a speedy Italian. Yeah. And this is like after no, a good two hours of me, literally, as you said, you're about to knock it off and you get woken up. It's so fucking annoying when you're absolutely shattered, like, yeah. like probably an hour of sleep in two days. And I just went, how do you fucking, st- could you please stop fucking me? And he was like, Italian. I was like, I'll just fucking sit there, get your hand off my seat. I went nuts. He just said, nuts. What, what did he say in Italian, sorry? He was like, I don't know what he was saying. <laughs> like he, and I was just going, sit down, mate. I'll fucking end this right here, right now. And it could have got messy, but I just, I, uh, Okay. Did he leave your seat alone then? I'm getting angry even. <laughs> did he leave your seat alone yeah, after he that? Did, yeah, well, yeah. then, then. Yeah, job done, so it's yeah. fine. Um, right, I guess we look at the UFC yeah. card yeah. first. Um, monstrous main event. Uh, do you feel like Justin Gaethje is kind of, he feels like if he wins this fight, he could potentially be on that McGregor? Yeah, what well, I think. Train? I think he is because... Of, He's kind of running out of options here. Yeah, that's, like, as we said a few minutes ago on the show, and um, there is very lack of uh, options for Mr. McGregor. And, I, you know, potentially the winner of this fight is... Probably going to fight Connor, in my opinion, because you you know you're real Nate Ferguson, um, you know. Real Nate Masvidal, real Nate Diaz. Diaz. Unless you're going to look back, real someone further Habib, down the line. Habib, like I mean, yeah, Ferguson and Habib has to happen. But I did get some feelings that, like in that press conference, like Dana White wasn't like he was leaving a little caveat at the end, like from McGregor, if, if Tony accepts yeah. it, and all that's and what like, annoys oh. me. Like I tweeted that out as well, and like, I go, no, fuck this shit. You're not you're not going after the money fight again here. This has already been a black mark in the sport, as far as I'm concerned, with with, with, with Tony Ferguson not getting a lot getting of people a fight. agree with you. A lot of people it's, agree. It's with you. a piss take, man. And you know, to a certain extent, we haven't mentioned his name today, but Colby Covington. The same thing sort of seems to be happening with Usman. Apparently, Usman was a big part of the negotiations of that fight not we, coming through. We were from told what we believe. Usman was a guest fighter in um, Abu Dhabi. Yeah, that's what that's what we were told. Yeah, it wasn't officially by the UFC. Didn't tell us around, but that, that, that's what we were told. That was the line. Yeah, that's the, the word sources around. And then Colby, I think Colby said to Ariel today on Ariel's show that. Um, there's been a little bit of a falling out, he believes, between Usman and uh, Ali Abdelaziz's agent. I don't know how much you're going to read into that for what Colby says, but it's another interesting little bit of narrative gone into this, um, I feel. But, you know, Colby does have to be that. Like, I don't want Colby to turn into the Tony Ferguson of the lightweight division where we, we see... Of the welterweight division. Of the welterweight division, should I say, and, and, and have this prolonged period of time where he's not going to get a title shot, so... Right. No, well, I mean, so Cerrone and Gaethje, who do you feel will come out with that one? I think you have to look at Gaethje here Same this here, one. Yeah. It's just the forward pressure, how good his leg kicks are. He excellent takedown defence. Excellent takedown defence. He's a really good wrestler, obviously, as well. Um, there's too many areas there this, that he's going to trouble Cowboy, and I think, especially, you know, the kickboxing range as well, with those leg kicks as well, it's not going to be as much of an issue for him, even if he has to stay, stay at range for certain periods of the fight. He can get inside, he can box, and he can do a lot of damage, and that's been always been a problem for, for Cowboy Cerrone, um, you know, when he's on the on the back foot and uh, guys breathing down on him, so... I will favour Justin Gaethje. He's going to get the finish. Peter Carl's nearly fallen asleep. I here. can't believe that. I literally dozed it. Am I that boring? Fucking no, hell, it's nothing to do with <laughs> you, man. I'm joking, I'm joking. I know, I know. But I do really, really fancy um, oh my God. Justin Gaethje to win this one. 
Um, Nikita Kroilov is back. I love this guy. He got back to winning ways after a bad start. The minor. But Glover Teixeira is no easy out, man. No easy out there. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's, it's one like, of those I felt fights. like Kroilov, when he was going to come back and he fought Jan, I was like, oh, this is a big way to make a statement. It just didn't happen. Yeah. Jan is criminally underrated, though, but... Yeah. yeah, that fight apparently fell out with John Jones as well. The negotiations for that one—that was meant they were looking at MSG for that. Yes, they were indeed. So that's not happening apparently. And um, listen, yeah, it's one of those fights. Grant, it's a decent fight. It's a good fight. You know, two gatekeepers—they're never going to be world champions. Let's have a look down then for Fun. more Europeans. Um, Todd Duffy's first fight in four years. Looking American. forward to seeing him back. Um, <laughs> Misha Serkinov from um, Latvia, right? Lafayette. Cana- uh, Canadian Lafayette. Look, Lafayette. Okay. <laughs> it's Lafayette, <laughs> mate. Um, he's going in against um, oh, Jesus, Jimmy, Jimmy Crute. Crute. Yeah, who we saw taking on Paul Craig before. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a tough match for Crute, to be honest. But if he got the win there, it'd be huge. Marcin, Marcin Tabura also takes on Augusto Sakai. Um, see any other Europeans there? Marvin Vittori, of course, against Andrew Sanchez. Marvin yeah. Vittori looked very good in his fight back he after did. that with Sadaban. He did, yeah. He, he, I think he's very underrated, too, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, he fought, fought Stoilbender very well. He did, indeed. Um, that's all the Europeans on that card. So let's take a look at KSW50. Um, I love this card. Of course I do. Four title fights. I mean, KSW madness. Absolutely f- savage. Um, Phil DeFries and Luis Enrique. I mean, Phil beats Phil. If Phil beats Luis, which I feel he will, like basically there's the Grabowski fight there, and then he's gonna have to start going back to the guys he's already beaten. Yeah. So if he does this, Ryzen get involved. Ryzen or, or Bellator or something, man. Like the guy is in a new vein. He is absolutely looking savage now, mm. and he has this new confidence, a new mindset. Really can't wait for it. Saldic and Kinkle. That's a competitive fight, but I still feel as though Saldic is just an animal. He's a fucking beast, man. Yeah. And then uh, Norman Park. Yeah, but there's Thomas Narcoon as well for the 205 title against uh, Maciela. And yeah, Norman Park, man. If he got that belt on. That's a big one. Imagine him other shit he's going to talk to Gamer if he wins yeah. this, man. Oh, man. He's going to be straight on the camera. Oh, yeah. And Jesus Christ, that would be a great fight. Like, I Yeah, mean, and I think we need to get a definitive you know, climax to this trilogy between the two. And yeah. I think it'd be great if Norman did win that. And I think I think the fact that Marcin Wojcik usually fights at um, uh, 45, I feel like Norman, it's not the type of guy you want to be coming up in weight to fight because Norman's huge, man. Norman's like an Irish Khabib. He can just, he can just like, when you're up against the cage against him and he's just such a nightmare to deal with, isn't he? He's yeah. just relentless, man. And This could be a big one for him, man. Yeah, really, I think really it is. big one. I think it is. And uh, Damien Janikowski, if you don't know, he's a famous wrestler over there and he has fought the hardest fights like, I mean, he's been topping, like, fighting top of the food chain. That's what KSW do. You're not getting an easy fight oh, there. Oh, yeah. No. They, you are going straight to the Lions, mate. And whatever happens, happens. It's not like Bellator, yeah. Yeah, he, <laughs> that's basically what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jason Radcliffe on the card as well. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and, but I'm really interested. This is actually quite a thing to watch here. Drickus Duplessis is moving yeah. up to... He, I know he's fought at middleweight. He's won the middleweight title at uh, EFC. But um, if he gets a win here... Drickus, that's a that's a huge fight for Scott Askham. Drickus. That would be a great fight for Scott Askham, man, because Drickus is a savage. Like, I mean, we're talking about Don Madge and how brilliant he's going to be for South Africa. Drickus is another guy who is a huge yeah. in South Africa. Yeah, there's definitely the names are coming through from South Africa, and I think it's great to see. And there so, is, it's like an invasion. Um, Shaheen told me, Shaheen Alshadi told me an interesting stat there while we were over there. And he was talking about Don Madge. He did a great feature on Don yeah. Madge for the Athletic, yeah. talking about his modeling career and stuff, yeah. uh, which Don Madge hates speaking about, by the way. Hates it. Yeah, no, Don's one, he's, he's like sort of, 
he's reluctantly handsome. Yeah, he's reluctantly handsome. He sort of wears the nail polish in the hands at times of the dark stuff. And but like nah, himself, reluctantly handsome. He is, and he is a phenomenal story behind him. He, you know, he was he lived in Thailand for like three years. And yeah, he actually fought to eat. That's how broke the guy was. Yeah, Crazy yeah. story. But he had like a hundred fights and he lost four. Yeah, as a foreigner yeah. going to Thailand, that's yeah. insane. And if anyone has, has never seen his fights in the EFC, there's two that he actually lost to to uh, Leon Minard. I think it is. They were just. I, that's how I got on the the Don match bandwagon long long time ago I'll check them out I didn't brilliant them. brilliant fights to watch so guys I think they're on YouTube so you get them up there it's also the return of Catherine Costigan yeah Catherine yeah yeah she's back after the alpha female god I, I couldn't tell you the last time Catherine fought it's a long long time she obviously had you know uh, spinal yeah. fusion surgery and uh, things like that going on but it's a long long time since we've seen Catherine putting Limerick on the map yo that's it and it's great to see her back but you know that time out <sighs> You know, two and a half know, years. What's she going to be like? You know, that thirty-nine next years surgery. of age. Yeah, so it's going to be a tough one. I feel for Catherine, but you have to admire her her resilience and desire to get oh, back absolutely, in there. Absolutely, man. Uh, she's a testament. She's done great things down there in Pancration MMA and Limerick for um, the development of especially absolutely. She works so much with kids as well, martial man. arts and, and yeah. the young girl she has down there. It's amazing what she's done. So I wish her the best. I think it's what I think it was Cage Warriors. Is that Cage, right? Wars Cage Warriors eighty one the last time she fought. Yeah, so a long, long time ago, but uh looking forward to seeing that one as well. I'll be tuning in this weekend. It's a right card. Right, can I go to bed now? I am dying. <laughs> you can't. I you have can. to go and drop the car at Elaine's house and then walk back to my house, which is Where's Reggie by the way? He's in Elaine's. Oh God. No, I'm getting him back tomorrow. I'm oh, getting Jesus. it's joint custody man. It's joint, joint custody. custody. But uh, I am dying. What are you going to do with me? Your other adopted son. Your real adopted son. You're going to come and live, sleep in the bed with me. Sake, <laughs> You're going to be my new cuddle partner. But um, I'm I'm hanging on by a thread here, lads. All uh, right. Thanks for to Noel McGrath for basically pulling me through this oh, episode stopped. this week. He great, dragged me. Great week of work, Pete. Fair play to you, buddy. Oh, Fair man. Well. But like, it's all Casey and Esther, man. They are absolute. I, I can't tell you. Like I mean, anyone could have done my job this week. I'm not even. I'm not even messing. You could have went in and done the exactly same thing. It's just they're just unbelievable. Yeah, they're fantastic. I've, obviously, you know, we know them years. Like they're they're, they're yeah. OGs. Like and yeah. I was so nervous, man, because I was like, what, what if I'm just shit? Like and I just haven't found out yet because they're gonna know. Yeah, they they've worked with all the best, and they're just gonna know really quick. And the confidence they gave me, um. Not like they weren't like you know. Oh, you're amazing! Any of these, but they just they had. You could tell they were like, you can do it. Like you know, I think yeah, it's very important when you have people around you. You are confident in them, and you know how good their product's yeah. going to be. So yeah, I was I was like it nervous. I was like, yeah, it was unbelievable. And like you don't like Casey is like, um, before you interview someone, he might just say to you like, oh, it'd be funny if you asked them. And they were always every time I did it, it was like the biggest hitter. Like he said to me, and like the Paul Felder thing, he goes, hey, he goes, he said to me, he goes, maybe just ask him if he thinks like. Other commentators are shitty sometimes. And that's what I asked him at the end, and it was like the funniest part of all the interview. He's like, Joe Rogan. <laughs> but uh, look, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm just destroyed, and I need to go back and sleep for three days and somehow get internet working in my house. So, uh, yeah. Well, I actually nearly be... fell asleep there. Like, I know, you literally did. Uh, I did one points. of them things, them jumpy things. Yeah, uh, oh. They're the worst of the jumpy things. Uh, oh, so I'm having a day of them. I just. That's it. But listen, bitches, lots on this weekend. Check them out. Pizzi's <laughs> falling asleep. Uh, <laughs> KSW, we've UFC, uh, Gaethje versus um, Cowboy, which is going to be a cracker. I'm not going to be staying up late to watch it this weekend because I had too much MMA. Pizzi's not going to be watching it. I will watch it because I'm a sick We're going to bullshit our way through next Monday. <laughs> so go fuck yourselves. Wrap uh, it up there, Pete. Thanks so much, everybody. I love you. Here's a big kiss. <laughs>